It's the most wonderful time of the year, Father Harrison. It's the feast. Of, we get the feast of the presentation. That's nice. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're recording on the feast day of St. Blaise. Mm-hmm. You know, that's uh, a nice little feast day. People like that one for mm-hmm. the actual uh, blessing of the throat. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of good stuff. But uh, it's it's this time of year that things begin to ramp up. Mm-hmm. Because the entire journey of the year uh, is going towards one destination. Right, Easter. Uh, it's, coming, but, it's coming in a couple of months. Yes, but just as important, uh-huh. some might say, not saying that I say this, but some might say just as important is something that happens right around Easter time. Right around Easter time? Like how, yeah. how much around? Like usually within a few weeks of, of Easter. Did you hear three weeks of Easter? Okay, so the um, Feast of the Annunciation, maybe. Uh, no. St. Joseph's Day? I mean, the Italian? Right. No, those are all good days. And there's certainly, there's certainly you know, something that's going to be announced, if you will. Yeah. Uh, that is, there'll be, it's my uh, birthday in March? Uh, the birthday, no, more of an anniversary. Uh, well, oh. it's, my, it's my priestly anniversary on Sunday. Right. That's all good. Okay. But it's something that like the whole year points to. It's the culmination of the year. It's um, the biggest event of the year. Um, it is um, the grandest stage of them all. Mm-hmm. It is WrestleMania. And as everybody knows, the road to WrestleMania begins with last Sunday's pay-per-view. Probably the best pay-per-view format of all time. The Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. So, Father Harrison, question for you. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Edge winning the men's Royal Rumble and Bianca Belair winning the women's Royal Rumble this year? Meh. Really? Yeah. Edge is entered as number one. He came back from a crazy neck brain illness last year's Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Then he got his tricep torn. Now he's back. He entered at number one. I'm just curious how he's still he wrestling. He defeated 30 other men. How's he still wrestling at the, 47? The third only WWE wrestler to go from one to 30. And your reaction is meh? Yep. Because it's wrestling. I'm so disappointed. Well, how can, you, how can you get excited for SummerSlam? Which, don't get me wrong. It's one of the big four pay-per-views. And be meh about the Royal Rumble. I didn't watch the Royal Rumble. very harsh critics said, an excellent pay-per-view. I didn't watch the Royal Rumble. Why? I don't have pay-per-view set up, and I don't watch wrestling. We can can fix this for you. I can fix this for you. You need to have only asked, why do you play with my heart this way? When, without my bringing it up a bunch of episodes ago. Because your suffering brings me joy. You talked about SummerSlam. What? Because your suffering brings me joy. Oh See, I'm turning, I'm turning your phrases even on you, right? This is this is usually you this say, was a well, long your joy con. brings me joy, and now I'm like, this was a long con. Yeah, um, that's cold, Father Harrison. That's yeah. really cold. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are, are you dying inside a little bit right now? Yeah. You know what? Shame on me, though. Shame <laughs> on me for getting my hopes up. Uh, shame on me for thinking you had seen the light when really you were an agent of darkness the entire time. <sighs> I just want to bring are, something good into. Uh, so okay. How did you find it all? Like I, I heard it was good. I've I've heard people it's very talk about good. this. Yeah. Uh. So it, I mean, there just it's my favorite pay per view of the year. Mm-hmm. So I got to watch it with producer Nick, producer Riley, uh, some other friends as well. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing was good. It was well booked. You know, not perfect, but as as good as a Royal Rumble possibly could be was this one. Mm-hmm. I very much enjoyed it. Oh, nice. And it was just a good. Rocking old time. You're making me angry because you're just patronizing me now. I'm not patronizing you. I just... Yeah, I feel like you are. I feel <sighs> like you are, Father Harrison. I just don't watch wrestling. I'm sorry. I've tried. I've tried. I've tried a million times. I've had numerous people try to get me into it. I just can't. I've tried every time, and I just can't. I just, I just can't. A Canadian won the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Edges from Canada. Uh-huh. There's a lot of wrestlers from Canada. I know. Bret Hart's from Canada. Welcome to Clearly Speaking. I'm Father Anthony. <laughs> I'm Father Harrison. Oh my gosh. Uh, Father Harrison. Yeah. 
Yeah. We've got a special announcement to make That's at right. the end of this episode. I'm going to save my banter for the end. Right. So uh, this is this is no kayfabe. This is straight. This is uh, I'm sh- this is a shoot right now. Yeah. Uh, we have some important announcements at the end of the show. So either skip ahead if you're a weirdo or just wait. Um, it'll be a little shorter of an episode today, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, and and yeah. our first reason why it's a shorter episode. Are we going to the Suma? No, we're not. We're going to straight into presbyteral exhortations. Oh my gosh. And now it is time for presbyteral exhortations. Oh, yes. yes. Quite good. Quite good. Indubitably. Mm-hmm. I bet they can't wait to learn. They're going to learn so much. It's my favorite part. Oh, it's oh, the best part. Yes. Yes. Quite. Yes. Quite. So I had a meeting today mm-hmm. at my parish. How and not long just was any it? old meeting. It was, let's see. We started at 12, uh, about three-hour-long meeting. Who has a three-hour-long meeting? We do all the time. Now, the nice thing about this was that it began with lunch, and then we did like a 40-minute holy hour. Oh, that's uh, good. Okay. Figure out the math okay. on that one. Yeah, so, okay. you know. Okay, it was, so it it's good. not all it meeting good. meeting. It's just. Right. Yeah, okay. So it wasn't an ordinary meeting. Yeah. It was a strategic planning meeting. Mm-hmm for faith formation Mm -hmm. and so we had our middle school guy there our high school guy there uh the ladies who take care of um uh what's it called good shepherd what's that uh story program catechesis of the good shepherd thank you catechesis of the good shepherd k through five um so all that and so we were doing this thing where we were naming the the strengths of the program the weaknesses of the program, the threats to the program, and the opportunities for the program. Mm -hmm. And we all went around naming all these things. We broke up into groups, and we wrote down the list of the things, and we were thinking and talking about all of the faith formation thing. But something kept coming up as either a weakness or a threat Mm -hmm. in every single one of those programs. Hmm. Can you guess what was this great weakness or threat to all of our faith formation stuff? I have two ideas in my head that are popping in my head. So one is just the state of families. And Mm -hmm. so like um, how hard it is to actually integrate what is taught in the home. Um, The other one is just COVID. (laughs) Yeah. So we just ignored COVID. Okay, good. Because like, yeah, Yeah, everyone knows that. Yeah. Yeah. That's like automatic on the board. Um, Yeah. Yes. But you're right. The biggest problem was that when it comes down to it, whatever program you have, if it's not reinforced in the home, then what are you going to do? You know, faith formation, you can't be formed in the faith by going to a one hour program every week. Now, before you go ahead and continue, just quickly. Isn't mm-hmm. that interesting that some guy on Western in in the uh, in the West of Canada, yeah, is able to recognize the exact same problem as some guy in Pittsburgh, and we're basically on opposite sides <laughs> of the world. Exactly. Yeah, that's how far away we are. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I have to take three and, flights to get to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of airplane. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think a lot of people in English-speaking land and probably elsewhere as well face very much so. The same problem. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this during the meeting. And, we, you know, we have some ideas to reach out to families and this and that. And I was thinking, you know, I never get an opportunity to talk to these families at mass. Mm-hmm. Because they, they are not there. Mm-hmm. And there was a brief time where we said, hey, if you want your kid to receive the sacraments, we expect <laughs> you to be at mass. And so there'd be one mass with slightly more families at it. Um, but ever since COVID, that's not been a thing. And I was thinking about that. Then I was thinking about just the controversies or the difficult, uh, the predicament, if you will, that the United States is in, having a baptized Catholic as the president of the United States, who is just all about abortion, just really like some abortion has been going hardcore on the abortion thing. I was thinking about that and the fact that bishops, you know, 
Some bishops have spoken out about it, like this is a problem. But, you know, he can still receive communion. That's fine. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about just how well, we have a, like some really good invested families in my parish mm-hmm. um, and some real like bright spots. There's a lot of really awesome things happening in the parish. But, uh, you know, the classic numbers of, um, you know, how many people actually go to mass every Sunday, even like, you know, pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. And you know what I thought, Father Harrison? What? If you love someone, you have to let them go. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm not sure if I actually believe this. Okay. But especially with the faith formation thing, because we we put so much energy, if not into trying to reach out to these families, at the very least into anxiety Mm -hmm. over these families. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of parish energy goes into that. Mm -hmm. And my part of my brain was like, what if we didn't? Right. And uh, our youth minister, not youth minister, our middle school uh, coordinator uh, had brought up, he had just read, he's a young guy, just read a book about uh, the order of the sacraments. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, you know, uh, a lot of our kids stay in until eighth, ninth grade, because that's when they receive confirmation, and then they're out. Mm -hmm. And he had suggested the idea of restoring the order of the sacraments, which I think a lot of young Catholics have, you know, and young priests have, have... uh, thought about this and you know not that it's our idea it's been around for a while now and of course the argument against that is well then if you do all the sacraments in order you know mm-hmm. they'll be gone by second grade mm-hmm. or if you do them all like we do in the eastern right you know they'll be gone and then part of like maybe that's okay mm-hmm. maybe we should just stop pretending and not because not because like I want people to leave. Right. And not because I want a super small holy church that's just got all my friends who agree with me in it. Mm-hmm. Not because I don't want to do the work. But because I think until we just accept reality as it is, mm-hmm. we can't move forward. Right. That's the thing. You know, we're in Pittsburgh and in all kinds of places, especially on the East Coast and elsewhere. You know, we're doing all this combination of parishes. We're closing parishes. We're, we're doing all these, like, uh, consolidation things, all to keep things moving as they normally do. Right. Or, you know, the bishop's relationship with politicians very often is to kind of keep the status quo because mm-hmm. we don't want to make enemies, blah, 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 blah. And I'm not saying that there isn't some point to these things. Mm-hmm. But more and more, I'm thinking, you know what? But that's just not reality. Mm-hmm. That's just not what's going on. And until, and this is the thing too, even with, um, the clergy abuse crisis and everything mm-hmm. hasn't the most difficult one of the most difficult parts of this is that bishops other leaders priests refuse to acknowledge the reality that is going on right it's um if we can cover this up or move this guy around or just not deal with this well then we don't have to acknowledge the reality right and even there's, you know, an analogy to this in, in the spiritual life. Like the very prideful person likes to think that she or he is holy, mm-hmm. but their hearts aren't open to the reality that they're just a sinner like everyone else. Right. And until you face that reality, you can't go anywhere mm-hmm. in the spiritual life as well. It's when you acknowledge that things are just bad, that's where you can start. Right. And for sure, you know, you can go overboard with that. You can give in to despair. Like, instead of acknowledging reality, there can be a kind of throwing your hands up in the air and giving up. And mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that. Mm-hmm. But part of me is like, maybe we just need to be okay with acknowledging the reality of where church in the West is right now. Mm-hmm. How do we, how does one, commu- yes, yes. 
uh, how do, that was for YouTube people only. <laughs> how do you communicate this and help bring the faithful to accept this? Because I, I don't disagree with you. Like, and I, I kind of, and yeah, and I, I agree. You have to be careful because, like, you have those times where you're just here. Oh, someone's going to somewhere else, and you're just like, oh, I'll just let them go. But at the same time, you don't want to be dispassionate about that. Like, your heart right. should break if someone who, especially if they've been like faithful and stuff, and then suddenly they choose to go somewhere else. That should break your heart. You should be also to be okay with you. You can't control that, right? Um, so it's like a balance. You, you, you're, you're if because if you become just oh whatever, then you, your love is no longer interested. The problem right. is interested love often goes to the opposite extreme where it does everything irrational to try and keep something uh, for whatever reason. Uh, so, you know, if it comes to parishes, you know, we, we, we do a hundred different programming and outreach initiatives just to try and keep the doors, you know, the butts in the pew at the level we want to keep them at. Um, and we will bend over backwards to do whatever it takes to keep bums in the pew. And well, that, that's, that's not good either. That's not love. That's like, that's control. Hmm. Right. Um, where you're trying to, it, it, you can even use the word, and I don't think it's, I don't mean this as an intentional way, right? But in that, um, it can also become like a subconscious form of manipulation. I'm willing to mm-hmm. do whatever it takes to make sure that you are still here every Sunday or some Sundays, whatever. I'll take whatever I can get. That's not a healthy uh, format either. Um, we You need like that interested love, but you also need attachment. Love requires both those things at the same time. But I guess like it seems to me like I find and I'm not trying to um, I'm not trying to like, you know, generalize with this. But I do find there are generational differences in this regard in in, a, in acknowledging this. Again, not generalizing. Just want to make sure we're clear. Uh, but I do find like older generations like, you know, 70, 65 plus area it's very hard to communicate this to them and they have a very hard time accepting how this could be possible. Not universal, obviously, but it's a tendency I've noticed. Well, if you're like a family person and you're actively in the parish and like, maybe you're like 45 and under, you tend to be like, kind of like, well, yeah, duh, of course this is happening. Of course we need to recognize this. So, and I, I recognize there's different experiences behind that. And, and it's important again to listen, like, you know, to the older generation, like, well, why, why is it hard to, to see it this way? And what is it, what are your expectations and stuff like this? And, and, and why is this confusing to you and stuff like this? So it's important to listen, ask those questions. Right. But I, so I think that's a barrier because we all need to be on board with this reality in order to, pro, in order to refocus our energies. Right. And that's the point of, of this, which yeah. I said, I'm just like thinking about this. I'm yeah. not sure how to go about it. But for example, you know, uh, what if a parish has like seven masses mm-hmm. and none of them are filled and you have the same volunteers for all these masses, you're burning them out. You can't get a choir for all these masses. Um, you're, you're burning out uh, the priest who's doing seven masses a weekend or whatever. And but people really like their mass times. But what if you're like, you know what? Mass needs to be a priority. We're gonna have a four o'clock, a seven a.m., and a ten a.m. That's it. And that way, the volunteers that we have uh, don't have to be working every mass. We have rotating schedules so that they can go to mass with their families. Mm-hmm. We can put the energy into music ministry to have acquired every mass. Mm-hmm. Um, we were not going to burn out the clergy in that. Uh, the pews will be more filled, so we'll feel like more of a community. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Or kind of, you know, the the what my youth minister is doing. Our youth group is small right now, but all the kids that are there really want to be there. Mm-hmm. And so by focusing on them and putting an energy into them, forming them, and not worrying about running around all the time just to get more kids, get more kids, get more kids... And there's already been fruits of this mm-hmm. because now these kids actually start inviting their friends. Right. And their friends actually come because it's their friends inviting them. Right. And so 
by starting small, first of all, you can manage it. Mm -hmm. You can turn the program into what you want it to be. And you're actually forming disciples. Mm -hmm. You know, we are, um, our maintenance guys are exhausted because (laughs) right now they're disinfecting all these rooms and all these places after all these events all the time. Yeah. Um, You know, Um, and so putting those energies in the place where we actually do this thing. Now, now. I'm not saying that this is like a super easy thing. Right. I'm reminded of a story from a parish in Pittsburgh. And so this this might have not been the best pastoral thing that a priest has ever done, but it's just an interesting story. Mm-hmm. So basically he got to this place and did a kind of census. So if you hadn't uh, given money to the church and if like no one in the church has seen you around at mass, these parishioners got a letter saying that Basically that, like, you know, you haven't given to the church. Um, and so we're just going to take you off the mailing list. If we're wrong about this, um, or if you want to stay on the mailing list, let us know. Mm-hmm. But there's a way to kind of clear up the system and everything. Mm-hmm. And this got into the news. I don't know if you heard about this, but because um, this one guy was very hurt by this. And he's like, I feel like my church is rejecting me. Mm-hmm. And this got in the local news and caused a big stink. Now, meanwhile... This guy hadn't gone to mass in years, nor right. had he given to the church in years. Yeah, you know, um, there's still on some level some attachment, even if there's no lived faith life in there, mm-hmm. right? And if we were to, you know, do something like this, just refocus our efforts on who's showing up and who's invested, uh, I mean, it'd be it'd be a massive fallout. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be a huge controversy. Um, but on the other hand, part of me is thinking maybe that's okay. Yeah, maybe I mean, it's just yeah. acknowledging the reality. You have to acknowledge reality, but you also have to remember that. Um, I don't think it's. I think outside maybe a few small periods of church history, yeah. the idea of a hundred percent committed parishioners is a fantasy. You're never, mm-hmm. ever, 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 ever going to have that. Yeah, you are always going to have people who are going to come in, and for whatever reason, they'll come once a month, they'll come twice a month, and it, and it's not. This is where the church is like it's not really our place to say you do or don't belong here, right? Right. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying right. to kick people out. Right. I'm just saying we we're not going to cater to those people. Right. I'm not saying. We, I'm I not think saying we don't. Okay. We, what do you mean by cater? Yeah. What do you mean by cater then? Because I think that's where an important thing. Right. So lies. you know, for let's take faith formation. For faith formation, uh, we make um, our kids, they have to do service hours, their parents have to fill out this paperwork, you have mandatory meetings. We're doing all this stuff to force people to come into contact with the parish. Mm-hmm. That right. takes a lot of energy, a lot of effort, all that stuff, okay? Well, if we just said, here's our faith formation times. Right. If you want to receive the sacrament, we'll let you receive the sacrament. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Right. Same thing with like, you know, a lot of mass times. Like, nope, these are the mass times we're going to have. Everyone's welcome. If these mass times get full, we'll, we'll add another mass. Mm-hmm. No problem. Um, and we can even do, you know, uh, a survey to figure out what, what would be the best time. But right now we don't need all these masses, so this mm-hmm. is just what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's just, you know, I, I was, I've been working with a lot of uh, people in faith formation that have just been super burned out. Yeah. Because they're pouring their hearts and souls into these programs. Yeah. And they just know that right. it's, it's, there's very little fruit from them. <laughs> right. Because there's nothing at the home. And like, hmm, what if we just didn't worry about that so much? Yeah. So, okay. Um, I think there's a way to do all this without, because you want to be careful where you make a decision to the point where you alienate those who, for whatever reason, aren't fully committed yet, but are still have a foot in the door. Yeah. Um, you don't want to alienate that either. Um, and uh, because you have it, they're still your, your sheep and you still yes. owe them something. Okay. So we have to always keep these things in mind. And, and, um, but I think the issue is not so much, um, catering as it's 
the way we have done formation. Mm-hmm. Our formation is programs based and I don't know if that works anymore. I'm not hundred percent sure. I'm not, and I'm not right. trying to say it doesn't work. I'm not trying to, uh, uh, I'm not saying that what is being done now is bad or anything. Cause like, listen, for a lot of times we're just doing it cause that's what we just know what to do. Right. And also we've been careful how we use the word like program, you know? Um, right. Because I think uh, the way our, my my parish's youth ministry is being run is very good, mm-hmm. but you still call it a program. That's fine. Right. Um, I guess you can, you can have things that are programmed that aren't out of the box, cookie cutter things. Right. You know, right. So like the word program isn't a bad word. No, but I it's guess a certain kind of program and programmatic attitude. That's a problem. Yeah. And again, I think we often, and I'm not, I, I know a lot of people, I know a lot of religious ed coordinators who listen to the podcast. So I'm not trying to say the way we are doing things now is bad or anything but i just i guess because I, I think you know a lot of religious headquarters are very devoted people um you're not a religious oh, headquarter otherwise because <laughs> they're working for pennies and their king parents are yelling yeah. at them yeah. and then, no my goodness no yeah. some of the holiest people and, I exactly know exactly right formation. exactly so i'm not i'm not trying i guess but we often just do what we are kind of just been told to do and this is mm. what we've been doing for 60 years i was just I, the reason i bring this up because i was talking to a friend last night about this and i was just we were talking about stuff and he was just like the the method of programming isn't working because it's not a shared way of life yeah and i think he's right and so is there ways we can approach formation that approaches it more as a kind of way of living together and not even having to be like super intentional about it, but just like let the Holy spirit do its work in that too. Um, so that a life is shared. Like, so for example, the way you talk about your youth ministry, it, it that's the way it sounds like, right? It sounds like it's not mm-hmm. just here's some information in catechesis so you can know how to, who Jesus is and, and here's the right teachings about Jesus, but it's also, this is a way of life. And we're going to share that together. We're going to share. We're going to share life together. And I think, in a way, like this is the direction parishes need to go, so that you have flexibility. You also need, and I'm not trying to be like uber flexible, like, uh, but I mean, like, you do need structure as well, and you have structure in this, but you you create spaces for a shared way of life, where then those who are more lukewarm, like, here's the reason: why aren't why are, like why are the lukewarm kind of have only one foot in the door, but aren't both feet in? Because they don't see life. Mm-hmm. They don't see life. They don't see, uh, they don't often see discipleship. And, you know, and that's actually sometimes a judgment on us too. Like, mm-hmm. am I living out the faith properly? Am I living it out to the fullest extent that I'm being asked to? Um, it's a call to conversion for all of us to a shared way of life. And that's what the parish really should be. It should be a place of a shared way of life. Um, so then like stuff like religious education, is there ways to do it where it's just, okay, here are here this week's lessons on this and, and that's what we're going to talk about and that's what you're going to learn about and that's that. But rather it becomes something maybe, yeah, the whole family is involved with and has to be involved with. And if they don't want to be, then maybe this isn't the time for your child. You're still welcome at the church and everything, but maybe it's not the time for your child because the responsibility of you and a parent is still there, right? Does that make sense? You know, Am I making and, sense? I'm, t- I'm just kind yes, of speaking off the cuff, and I want to make sure I don't offend anyone with anything I'm saying, but I, I just <laughs> – I'm thinking out loud. I'm thinking out loud, right? Well, I mean that's why I brought this up yeah. um, because I don't know exactly what I think. I just realized after today's meeting I had the thought, what if we just stopped focusing on this so much? Right. I didn't think that that was a good thought or a bad thought. I just thought that was an important thought to think about. <laughs> so <laughs> as we're talking, as we're talking, um, I think it's going clear for me. Maybe it's just an attitude change. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, you know, um, the, the fact that we're having this strategy meeting, mm-hmm. even though I hate the word strategy and meeting, it's been good. Mm-hmm. It's been fruitful because we've been talking uh, and strategizing about exactly what you said. How do we make these things more relational? How do we make it, you know, engage families? We have some families that are super engaged. Mm-hmm. Can we train and help them right. to do things on their own and they can reach out to their neighbors and people around them? Like we are talking about these things and coming up with good ideas and recognizing the challenges. So I'm very you know, enthusiastic about that. Maybe the change just needs to be one in attitude where we have to just sit down and realize, okay, we're going to start doing this. 
it's going to take years. You know, we shouldn't expect results until, you know, until like maybe five years out because we're doing a huge cultural shift here. There's going to be bumps in the road. We're going to do what we can do. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But it's it's okay if if we acknowledge some of the reality that some people won't be on board for this. Right. Because, you know, this is the thing that has been – I think I shared this story uh, back when in the podcast, but it's it's something that's stuck with me um, in, in parish life. And it was when I had my first spooky house case, mm-hmm. and I was going um, to this spooky house that was haunted with our diocesan guy who knows these things. Mm-hmm. And uh, after we did the blessings and stuff, I got, like, an email from this family who lived in this house uh, saying – you have to come right now. Something's happening. You have to come right now. Now, of course, there's an email in the middle of the night, so I didn't even get it. But I woke up in the morning and I saw it, and I was like, <gasps> what do I do? So I called uh, our diocesan demon guy, mm-hmm. and he said, Father Anthony, there are no emergencies. All of this is in God's hand. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure you stay focused on what are your appointments for the day, what are your daily duties as a priest. Address this, sure, but there are no emergencies. And that just stuck with me because if there's no emergencies with regards to like demons attacking your house, then what are the emergencies in a parish? Right. And I think uh, a lot of our faith formation people are just worn out because they care so deeply and they, I mean, they want to see the faith passed on or else they wouldn't be given, you know, so much of their time and effort and lives to this sort of thing. Right. Balancing that with realizing that we're going to do what we can do. We're going to do what we can do as well as we can do it. But this isn't an emergency. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to get everybody. Right. And that's okay. Yep. We're going to still keep trying to do stuff. Right. But no emergencies. And maybe just even that attitude change would be a big deal. Yeah. Um. So, I agree with that, I guess, but I think, too, and I think something came up with my conversation with my friend last night, is we also need, um, and this is the academic to me, but there needs to be, like, a theological foundation for this, like, um, because we have, like, in a way, because I'm with you. I, uh, I, um, I vomited in inside a little bit in the sense when I heard strategic planning, <laughs> like, right. it's like, Oh, um, and again, I'm not trying to say that stuff's all bad, but it's just, I have a natural aversion to those things because it is because language expresses being <laughs> so, uh, um, we are, our words matter and what we say and how we say it affects, um, our understanding of the church. And so I always like, so for example, I'm always a little hesitant while I'm not unwilling to learn from business practices. I'm hesitant to import that language into the church because in a way, like business has its own theology. <laughs> right. Okay. okay. I mean, I don't you know, disagree with you, but what would you call what, what my faith formation staff did today? And I got, I'm thinking about that. And I'm just, I, it's not even what really the point I'm trying to get on per se. Uh, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing either. I'm just saying, but for me, maybe it means that if all we do is use this kind of language towards it, then it's going to form us to see the church as another business model rather than something imbued with the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. right. So, um, and I mean, again, like there are words that you can't avoid, like meetings or whatever. That's fine, but it's just—I'm not even sure. I, I really don't know right now. My my head's just not there to think of a word. Yeah, but it's just think, more of a. I cr- think what you're. Yeah. Because I think there can be instead of using. Yeah. Business tools as tools. Yeah. They can become an ideology in the parish. Yeah. But if you use them as tools, they, I mean, it's good. Yeah. Like you know. Yeah. So that's even though I think it's a little goofy to say these are our challenges, these are our opportunities. Right. It's fine. There's yeah, nothing yeah. wrong with it. No, no. I guess. And one thing we were talking. I mean, yeah. and like we began that whole meeting with uh, a holy forty minutes, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's important as you're using the tools and the language of these things because that's what you're doing. You're strategizing. You're seeing the strengths and weaknesses of the program. You are seeing reality for what it mm-hmm. is. 
this is you know uh realizing what how we can more properly respond to grace by what we're planning to do Mm -hmm. right i think it's very important that while you're having those discussions to keep in mind like that's the attitude change right uh of like this is ultimately all gonna be a work of the holy spirit right ultimately we're not in control of this right but here are some tools we right. can and we are cooperators we to are respond. Cooper- we are cooperators in the work of, workings of grace, right? right? I guess what I mean though is that I want to put this. You need if 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 your if your language I guess when I when we I guess my, my concern sometimes is that we use this language not realizing that perhaps we are allowing the philosophy or theology of a business world to influence the theology of a parish, right? It is, it, and it's not a bad, and again, I'm not imbuing, um, I'm not trying to impugn people with this or anything like that. I guess what I'm just trying to get at is our language is really important here because it, exp- if what we naturally say expresses what we naturally experience in a life of a church, right? So what I'm trying to get at with, all, I, I, my brain is just not working as well lately and I'll explain that in a minute. Um, but, uh, um, what I'm just trying to get at, though, is that there are fundamental realities of what it means to be Christian that need to be like the bedrock in all of this, that I think we still need to do a big work to get people to that place of accepting this, which is stuff like everything I am is gift. I'm gifted into existence, right? That is a fundamental anthropological fact of being human. I I, I do not create myself. My, I am given into existence, right? So, which uh, right there says something diametrically opposed to what we hear today, right? That you kind of create your own potential. You, uh, you create yourself, you, you can be whatever you, you can create your own identity to be whatever you want to be, regardless of what your body says. Right. So there, that's one aspect, right? Being gifted into existence. Well, then what does that imply? That implies things like everything I receive then really is a gift. Nothing I have of my own is ultimately from myself alone. It's all gift sure. from God, which then implies stuff like, okay, well then, how does that impact? How does that impact my idea of freedom? Right. So these fundamental questions around what it means to be human, how I am as an embodied creature, how I'm as gift, how I am in living out, what does freedom mean in the context of all of this? Um, becomes the bedrock of asking these questions that you're talking about. Yeah. And they, and I think that's almost, it's interesting because as we're talking about this, like this is what's going through my head is that I feel like that's almost where the conversation has to begin to, we have to form our people into this. So then they can recognize the freedom of acknowledging the reality that in front of us and that ever since everything's a gift from God, I'm owed nothing. And so whatever comes my way, I will do what I can in cooperation with the Holy Spirit um, but I also can't control other people just as God does not control other people. God does not control. Um, so then how do I relate in that space? <laughs> God does not control, but God it is, is in control. control. <laughs> yes. He is. Uh, well, I mean like in the sense, yeah, you know what I mean? We're not puppets, yeah, right? So then, okay, if this is how God relates to people, then in a way the the parish mediates that relationship to the world as well. So then how do I embody God's relationship to the world and myself and as and us as a parish. So then those things start to kind of um, naturally and organically grow in us so that these questions become like, so that we don't have, like in a way, those meetings almost don't even necessarily always have to happen. They're just conversations that are reality because we're sharing a way of life to eat with each other, you know, uh, where you're going over to dismiss for dinner and you guys are talking like, man, I've noticed that it, uh, we haven't seen some of these families I used to see. Um, you know, what can we what can we do? Because then, so then it builds up our own sense of responsibility in the parish, right? Because so much one of the issues we have is the idea of like a cent- everything's so centralized that no one knows how to take responsibility for themselves for the parish as well, right? So these are all like deep questions that I know I'm kind of yeah. going around okay, with. Okay, so but, the reason yeah. why yeah. I'm uh, pushing back just a yeah. little bit is because um, so I've I've been kind of preaching against a programmatic view yeah. of the church. Mm-hmm. But there's this interesting little meeting, uh, I mean, p- uh, point in the meeting mm-hmm. where someone referred to something uh, like one of our faith formation things as a program and then immediately like backed off. Like, I mean, it's not like a, a program, but uh, just kind of, uh, I could tell that was because I've been kind of like using program as a bad word. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I was like, wait a second. 
that's not helpful. Now you're overthinking things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to call this a program because it's a program, and that's fine. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't want us to uh, be so um, wary of practical tools that we end up shooting ourselves in the foot. Right. Right? Which is, yeah, okay. And then um, I do definitely like agree with like, the, about the the bedrock, right? Uh, because a lot of times, different members of your staff, different priests, uh, even down to the catechists, will have different worldviews, mm-hmm. um, and to a certain extent, that's good. Uh, to a certain extent, like bringing your own experience into the parish is actually a really good and Catholic thing. But when we have different understandings of what the catholic worldview is then things can get messy right 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 so the idea of like when you're looking at where your parish is going to start with like really really basic big big ideas Mm -hmm. so that we're all on the same page about the kerygma that we're all on the same page about what the church is that we're all on the same page about even something like discernment of spirits. Mm-hmm. Like, let's get these, like, real basics of the theological, spiritual life. Let's get these all down. We're all on the same page. There's a lot of nuance and wiggle room in these things, but these these are the clearly drawn lines. And it's from this place that we can go forward. Okay, so now how are we going to talk about faith formation? How are we going to talk about evangelization? How are we going to mm-hmm. practically do things? Right. Because, you know, in a parish my size... Um, you can't just be like, uh, you need a centralization. Yeah, yeah, no, no. If we're gonna, if we're gonna like do, um, if we're gonna provide any kind of faith formation, which I think we should, mm-hmm. you know, ideally it should be supplemental. But if we're going to even train parents about how to do this in the home, right. like there needs to be that centralization and everything. Right. So I, I, I just bring this up because like we have, you and I on this podcast have really railed against uh, programization, but then, like today, I just kind of realized. Well, let's not take this too far. Mm-hmm. No, no, and I, um, I, I agree. I guess so. As you're talking, two things pop into my head. I guess what yeah. I'm saying is that bedrock, that kind of anthropological and theological bedrock, gives us the space to actually properly appropriate these tools, right? Yes. So I guess my concern is when we we are too quick to jump to these tools and almost allow them to be the bedrock of our kind of theology of a parish, if you will. And again, this is not intentional or even conscious a lot of yeah. time, but this right. stuff has deep effect, right? And we again, mm-hmm. language communicates being. So it's like what you say communicates what you believe, right? So mm-hmm. it, it's important. So then, yeah, then what happens is the when you have that proper theological bedrock, it becomes in a way then the church, like, for example, how she appropriates philosophy, right? Uh, how the church fathers talked about um, the, you know, people like um, like Plato and Aristotle, like the spoils of Egypt, right? And, and stuff like this. And there are other things that people talk about today, like new intellectual trends or even practices from business that absolutely can be the spoils of Egypt, but you need that. Um, that spiritual bedrock to be firm in order to do that. That's, I guess, where I'm trying... That's what right. I, To make that clear, yes. that's what I was trying I think, to say. Yes, yeah. I think we got to a good point. So... Okay, I, I had one more thing quickly, quickly. Okay. 30 seconds. It just is... I'm not against centralization. You obviously... Like, you need both is what I'm saying, though. The problem is right. it's only centralization, I find, often in yes. the parish, right? Everything has to go through the pastor. It's like, no, why can't a family just invite some of their kids' friends over and watch a Father Mike Schmidt video or whatever? What's wrong with that? Yeah. You, no, you can do that. That's ministry, and that's a good thing to do, right? And that's something we've talked about. It's just you need that flexibility of both because, yes, you right. absolutely need some stuff that builds up because it is a focal point of our life, the parish, but it's not the only point of our Christian life, and that's something we have to work at forming people to realize Christian life and Christian discipleship and responsibility goes beyond just what we do at the parish building. Yeah, but they wouldn't watch a uh, Father Mike Schmitz video. They would watch a Bishop Barron or Word on Fire video. Right, gotcha. Um, because Word on Fire actually listens to our podcast, so I'm plugging them <laughs> instead. No, Father Mike Schmitz is amazing. We got to hang out with him. He's a really good and holy really priest. Cool. I yeah. like him a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Okay, yeah. so let's just stop the conversation there. Cool. Um, and let's do some uh, self-indulgent podcasting. Yes. 
so the the pot let's do it like 20 minutes 15 minutes about podcasting about the podcast 15 minutes really okay we and there's no I mean, I don't whatever, know. whatever so okay whatever so last week when father anthony and i recorded i said to him i'm not feeling myself because I wasn't. I haven't been feeling myself for like at least, I would say, probably at least since Christmas. Maybe even before as I reflect on this. I've not been feeling myself for a while, though. Um, and I thought, like, I know we, we we podcasted about a few weeks ago. I was talking about a funk and everything. And, and I got a lot of positive feedback for that. So really appreciative of that. And um, um, I, but I've been reflecting on it. I had a good talk um with uh, a friend on Monday about this and I was explaining my situation and she goes, no, no, Father Harrison, that's not, that's not a funk. That's depression. I'm like, oh yeah, you're probably right. And I, I just, again, like I said on the podcast, I just, I, I don't, I'm not like afraid to use the word. It's just, I, I recognize the reality of it and I don't want to be flippant about it. Um, but when I was saying I, I haven't, I have, I've been having a hard time to read, which is often what gives me an idea for a podcast, right? I've, I've barely picked up a book in the last two months, which tells you something right there. <laughs> yeah, if anyone's been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, the yeah. fact that you have not been able to you know, yeah. pick up a book, that's, um, that's a thing. So I've been pondering this and I, I, and I just said, and I said, and we'll, we'll talk about this in a sec, but I said, I think I need a little bit of a break because I need to get myself back into a decent place. And I don't, I don't think it's like a, a deep, deep, deep depression. Like it's not something where I can't even get out of bed in the morning. But it's been hard to do basic tasks every day. Absolutely. Um, I've been horrible at getting back to emails and everything. And then it just piles up and then you just almost get anxious because you feel guilty for taking so long. And it just, the whole... Ah, welcome to the beautiful world of anxiety yeah. and depression, yeah. my friends. Yeah. And and I know I, I know why. It's, it's And I'm not, uh, I'm not, again, I've been very clear on the podcast that it's important. Public health orders are important in this time. Um, but our public health orders have taken its toll on me finally. Um, yeah. Um, I'm an extrovert and I need to be around people. And I really haven't been able to since the middle of November. And that sucks. Um, and it's not fun. And, uh, and then <laughs> it was just funny because yesterday was like the first half decent day in the last two months because, but so I was actually being somewhat productive, but then I, everyone was phoning me and texting me and checking in to see if I was okay because everyone's like, you've been a little too quiet lately. This is why you'll notice I've not been on Twitter. Uh, it's not because I don't want to be. I will be back on there one day. Um, but we all know that um, Twitter can often be a burning garbage pile. And when you're struggling with just getting basic tasks and everything, that's the last thing you need in your life. And I do love you all on Twitter and I miss you all and I will get back. But um, I just need to not let those things interrupt my life right now. Uh, I don't need something to bring me down more. So I mean, it's, I just, I feel bad because like I, I had some writing deadlines that I'm way behind on. I've barely touched my thesis in the last couple of months. I'm way behind on emails on things. Like I just been, I'm behind on everything cause I just didn't want to touch it. And so that conversation with my friend on Monday was really helpful and I'm really grateful. And because by saying that I also knew what I needed to do, which for me is I need social time. And, and while I can't, socialize normally right now i recognize this i do have uh i do have some friends in the parish who are kind of part of my bubble or whatever who i'm allowed to and i, and I was also sick with a cold last week that that was fun um having to essentially stay at home for a week is when you're depressed is not exactly a great thing um but um the and it's why like i haven't had much to banter with and i haven't really been I haven't been excited about topics lately um at all and it's not that i'm not excited about podcasting i just um I just recognize where I'm at right now and it's not fun. And like, I'll be honest, like actually I was having a good morning, but the second we started podcasting, like I was starting to feel it come on again. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, this is great. <laughs> so, uh, I, anyway, so after that, and I, I, I just said to the father, Anthony, I'm like, I think I need a small break because I need to get things. I need to reset myself a little bit. Um, and I'll be honest, like I do pray, but even prayer has been hard the last couple months. Um, I know, and it's not, again, it's not that I don't pray. It's not that I don't say mass. I obviously say mass, but you guys see me put the stream out every day on Twitter and everything. Um, so I do say, you know, it's not that I'm not praying. It's just, but it's hard. It is hard. It's hard to sit down to focus on my bravery right now. Like it's, I do it, but it's really, it's never been this hard before. And it's, I recognize I get life from talking to people. So like yesterday was great. And I felt really energized because I got like a dozen phone calls from friends yesterday because they all were saying, yeah, this is not normal 
for Harrison uh, to be this quiet. Um, and I appreciate that. The problem was it interfered so much with the work that I was finally being productive on. I was like, ah! <laughs> but And so I'm just trying to draw back from things for a couple of weeks at least because I need time to just hang out with friends. So like I've been trying to schedule phone calls. So the good news was kind of finally using the word and recognizing where I'm at. I knew exactly what I needed to do right away, which was schedule Zoom calls with friends. And so that's what I've been slowly doing. And I've been Zooming with friends literally all over the world so far. Um, just had it just before we podcasted with my buddies, Matt and Tom from Australia. I was Zooming with them for an hour. Um, so I am doing that. And that does help me. It's not perfect. I mean, I miss being able to go out to a pub with people and just having a beer. And I know I can't do that right now. And that's, that's fine. And, and I know other people have even had deeper suffering with all this. I've heard really sad stories and all of it, but it's kind of taking its toll on me. And it's not fun. Uh, but at the same time, I'm also someone who is, um, uh, hope is a very easy virtue for me. And so I don't like, I haven't lost hope in any of this. I would just say like, I'm, I'm still kind of a glass half full guy. It's just the water's a little muddied now, <laughs> you know? Um, so I was like, yeah, I was like, what do you think about a break? <laughs> I was, and, and I said, I'm glad you asked because I've been thinking about the yes, same I'm thing. I'm going to shut up now. Yes, go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. That was all good. That's just why I said it in like yeah. 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, But yeah, so um, when we first started the podcast, I was I was very adamant. I was very like, Father Harrison, we need to record every week. <laughs> I'm like, I want a break once in a while. <laughs> no, no. I said, no, we're not going to take a break because I wanted to establish something and earn the audience's trust. Mm-hmm. And so like we, we're putting something out every week. Mm-hmm. And we did that basically for two years. Um with a few, uh, you know, there was the, like the two half-hour episodes that I did by myself. If you want to listen to some bad podcasting, you can find those. Yeah. Or for Thanksgiving, uh, Nick, <laughs> producer Nick just read his tweets for a half hour. <laughs> okay, so basically two years yeah. we've been consistent. Uh, but we also said at the very beginning of this, this is something that we wanted to do, and it seemed like there was an, uh, an audience for it, but we never wanted it to get in the way of our priesthood. Mm-hmm. And what we needed to do. Mm-hmm. And so th- we were trying to balance those two things. But just, you know, after doing this uh, for two years, um, I've, I'm getting podcast burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, a lot of you have been very nice and have said, hey, everything, you, the episodes are great. I'm like, thank you. That's nice. I don't feel like they have. And that's the thing, yeah. Uh, I, I just quickly, like, I've been, one of the things I did is I reached out to different people I know, not everyone, but some people, just random texts or whatever who listen to podcasts. I'm like, how have you felt the last couple months have been? And like, oh, it's been great. I really love it. Like, I just, every week, I'm so excited to hear it. I'm like, really? I don't feel like I've been at the top of my game. So if yeah. you are listening and you disagree with Father Harrison's friends, um, th- there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, we both really enjoy doing this show. Mm-hmm. and uh, But just lately, like, none of the topics that we've been doing have been, like, not the same energy behind mm-hmm. it. And so this has become more of a, a drain than it has been life-giving. Mm-hmm. Whereas for so long, it's been very life-giving. Mm-hmm. So um, it's time for a break. Mm-hmm. And so this and is not, kind of what we're going to do. Not an end. Not an end. Don't, don't worry. No, 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 no. Not at all. Because really, we really enjoy we really this. Do this. Yeah. Uh, this has been a source of our friendship. Yeah. We, we love you guys and everything. So it's, it's, that's all it really is, is a break. Yeah. And we're not going to put a time limit on it. Right. Um, because if we put a hard time limit on it, then it, the podcast will still be hanging over our heads. Yeah. Uh, so few weeks who knows um but we're just going to take a break and there's there's gonna be some stuff going on uh in my life too that i need to focus on and so coming up with the topics and doing this sort of thing uh we just need a break yeah but like i said uh it it is it is not goodbye forever just goodbye for now Mm -hmm. that being said i'm a little bit worried harrison Mm -hmm. because you know how like producer nick has sabotaged the podcast in the past just, I'm a little worried about that. Yeah, and he has access. To I'm everything. a little worried that you know this is supposed to be a clerically speaking podcast, yeah. but at the same time, Nick has all the passwords to the accounts and everything. Yeah, and I just hope that he's responsible enough to yeah. respect our product. Yes, and what we try to do here. That's right. And I hope he can contain himself and just yeah. be disciplined enough to leave well enough alone. That is what I hope. Yes. Do you hope that as well, I, Father Harrison? Uh, I expect it. Yes. <laughs> I expect it because he's a mature Catholic married man who 
yeah. should know responsibility well. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I would say it's very unlikely that you will see a new episode next week on your feed because we won't be doing it. Yeah. And if there is one, I it's would say like, very unlikely. Yeah. So you probably shouldn't even check your episode feed next week. You shouldn't. Okay. So I just want to voice my, you know, my expectations right now. Yes. But I will say this: um, something uh, very seriously I plan on doing is that uh, you know we have um, a bunch of people who support us on Patreon, and uh, that helps us pay producer Nick and Riley. Uh, I want to be using some of the funds we've gathered to make our video setup a little bit better um but i don't want to leave those people hanging mm-hmm. and so uh, i've come up with this idea there are people i've been uh, blessed to meet and talk with because of the podcast because of twitter and i would love just to sit down and have conversations with them mm-hmm. uh so for our patreon supporters that's what i will be doing mm-hmm. for the next few weeks so it'll be on patreon only uh because you guys are great and support us we want to give you something and so it'll be very different offbeat than clerically speaking it'll be just me talking to my catholic friends about stuff i want to talk to them about mm-hmm. um so that will for sure happen i've got people lined up and for me that's different than what we're doing here mm-hmm. because you don't have to I already have the questions yeah. you don't have to, you know the people it, well enough you can just say hey i just want to talk about this i know the people well enough i've got questions for them i uh, respect their perspectives mm-hmm. on ministry catholic life in general and so this will just be me having conversation with my mm-hmm. friends that you guys can listen to if you want to yeah. on uh, patreon.com uh, slash uh, clerically speaking. Mm-hmm. So for sure there won't be yeah. anything on the main feed. Yeah, for Because sure. producer Nick would never, never betray our yeah. confidence and trust. Yeah. yeah. But, but if you want uh, at least to hear my silly voice yeah. and some other interesting perspectives uh, for you Patreon supporters, uh, that's what we'll be doing. Yeah. So that way, yeah, because we, we, we really don't know. It's not, and I don't think it's going to be like an excessively long time either. It's not like, I, I just, like, I know for me, like, I need to use the time I got to refocus. I got some projects. Like I, and I, part of it's like I have taken on way too many projects sometimes, and I because I have a tendency yeah. to say yes without thinking about the consequences, which is fun with the ADHD stuff. So I'm I'm using the time. I got to focus. I'm going to use my time the next few weeks to really um, get in touch with friends and just hang out with them on Zoom. So that's one that's one thing. Get my prayer life stronger again um, mm-hmm. because I need that to grow. Um, and get back, like, so, like, for example, the conversation I had with some friends this afternoon and the conversation I had last night, um, I'm like, yeah, okay, this is, it was inspiring me to get back to doing, to trying some reading, which is what I need. And, like, for me, that's what gives me my topics. It's like, but I, 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 when I listen to our old, I don't listen to every one of our episodes, but whenever I listen to in the last few months, it's been like, I just thought to myself, man, I do not sound coherent. I mean, I know I, <laughs> I know I struggle with that sometimes because the, the ideas <laughs> go out of yeah. my mouth faster than the um, sequencing that is needed for them. But um, um, I, I I feel like my brain's a little broken right now, essentially. Yeah. And that comes out in how I'm talking. It's coming out in a lot of things. And so I need to remove some stresses for. And again, the podcast is not even a stress, but it's just more of a. I'm just not. I'm not enthused. But it, it's not just the podcast for me. It's just been. I've not been enthused about much of anything. And uh, right, and the, and that's yeah. the thing. So just um, yeah. taking a break from this, so you can focus on other stuff. Yeah, um, kind of you know a similar uh, deal for me as mm-hmm. well. And so we're not putting, like I said, we're not putting a time limit on it. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be like a year. Yeah. Um, check Twitter. We're thinking a few weeks. Check the Facebook page. Yeah, we're you know. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. we know what other podcasts you listen to. If you listen to Clerically Speaking, we know the other people you listen to. Yeah. So once we get back in the groove, we'll we'll, we'll make them plug us. Exactly, um, exactly. Because they have to because we're but yeah. Check, and, check uh, the Twitter, check Patreon, check Facebook. We'll make sure to let you guys know when we're back up. And I mean, just keep subscribed yeah. because, it's, again, it's not forever, you know, but some, everyone needs a break. And I think, I think going yeah. forward, it might be important for us to have a break here and there for, just so that we don't have that podcast burnout. And I, I was right. – and, and, and listen, this is a good time, honestly. Uh, I, and I, I've always joked about this. I feel like we uh, we used all our good content really quickly when we were really excited. So some of those early episodes <laughs> are some, of, I think, still some of our best. You know, like I really, really love mm-hmm. our early stuff, like on modernism or the tradening or sacrament or the sacramental worldview stuff, right? Mother Teresa, like all that stuff. That's that's all good stuff from the early days go back and you can listen to those early ones again maybe and just don't listen to the batman episode please yeah 
that one that was so bad that was yeah that was not <laughs> okay if you don't want to listen to the batman episode i'll tell you i'll tell you what it is father harrison had like theological anthropological arguments to why the christopher nolan series was so good mm-hmm. and i showed up the episode just saying i really like the animated series yeah and that was it that was the whole show <laughs> it's the worst yeah <laughs> it's so, so bad so, so don't listen yeah. to that one but pray for us too and i'm praying for everyone too and i just um yep. yeah it's been it's been yeah it's been not fun and it's, yeah it's, and we're keeping we're keeping uh producer riley on the payroll yeah uh so all your emails and stuff will still get to mm-hmm. us uh so yeah we'll still be this way i can around. yeah i can get caught up in some of my writing projects get caught up in my phd i'm really behind on that and yeah. try and like, i think part of it too for me is just the funk of being with the kind of lockdowns we're in in bc it's just like so what do i do as a pastor <laughs> I, I, you feel lost and it's not fun. And especially when you're in a new parish and you don't really know a lot of people yet, you don't know who to lean on for everything you've been, you don't even know what to do. And it's not, and it, that can add to it too. So, um, but don't worry about me either. I am, I I feel this week's already been better just because I've been talking to friends. Uh, So that's been helpful. So, um, but it, it is not forever. It's just, Everyone needs a Sabbath, including the podcast. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys later. Um, Thanks for listening. Please leave a review on iTunes and tell your friends about the podcast. Tell your enemies, too, because Jesus says we must love our enemies. Uh, You can't find me for the next few weeks. Except for on Patreon. Except for on Patreon. Yeah, you can find me at patreon.com slash clerically speaking. You can eventually find me back on Twitter at frharrison. Contact the podcast and receive updates at ClericalPod on Twitter. Find us on Facebook, YouTube, or email us at clericallyspeaking at gmail.com. Peace. God bless. (laughs) Oh, there will be an episode next week. (laughs) Producer Nick!